Welcome to Backstage at Brick. I'm your host, BJ Evans. We are back in the studio at Brick House. I'm here with my co-producer, Elizabeth Krasunas. Hey, Elizabeth. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What were we just listening to? I was really, really feeling it. That was um, Ila Bamba, who is a Mexican-American artist uh, based in Portland, and she is going to be performing at Brick House Sessions, which are starting on February 14th. Awesome. And we will get Leah in here in the studio and talk to her more about yes. that. But Brickhouse Sessions has been announced. It will be in the spring. More to come on that. But that's actually not why we are here today. We are here today because we have a very, very exciting, fun, young playwright in the studio today, Dylan Guerra. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, good I'm, to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I And I very intentionally was calling you a young playwright in that moment because we've <laughs> had this conversation before that yeah. you are young and that you identify as young, and you are, <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing, can we, do we, do we say that? I don't, I don't see age. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we just, and we joke, but you know, you, you are a playwright, and we've talked how you do get that reaction from people sometimes when you're trying to get work and trying to get produced and meeting people that they are like, oh wow, you're young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, Is totally. that a hindrance? Do you feel like that's getting in your way right now? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think in some ways there's this sort of, uh, idea that in order to be a, a playwright, you have to be like of a certain age or have a certain amount of life experience. Like pay your dues kind of. Yeah. Or? And, and I absolutely believe in paying, like, I think I'm like mid swing of paying dues. Like I, I have much more <laughs> dues to pay. I don't think I'm done with my dues. And you're like, but I paid <laughs> some dues already for <laughs> yeah. sure. Oh yeah. But there's that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dues have been paid. <laughs> oh Yeah. Um, hey, those unpaid internships are amazing and also <laughs> oh. dues. No, I love them though. I love them. Yeah, though. <laughs> I did them. T- I did them too. Um, yeah, and I I think the the pro to being a young writer is I think uh, especially right now there's a lot of exciting work happening. I see it from like my peers and from the people who are like above us. You know, uh, like much older, more established. Like you know, Will Eno has always been exciting, and he's having like another moment, and that's fun to be like witnessing as a young writer and then it, I, I don't know I find that like my characters are all young because that's my experience of walking through the world is as a 24 year old at the moment and so you know that's that's my world experience so I think I'm learning how to allow that to be my world experience <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and hey you know Einstein wrote his first paper when he was 25 and discovered special theory of relativity so yeah. hey. you know you have a year left to live up to Einstein <laughs> true true i'm l- much less german but right, he was so german yes, yes exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> great uh, so so you are 24 but you've actually you've been a playwright for a while you so since high school yeah so <laughs> what what got you into playwriting i don't even think i realized when i was in high school that that was an option or a thing to do yeah yeah. yeah. How did this happen? So I am privileged in the sense that my parents are both in the arts. My dad's a stand-up comedian and my mom's an actress. So it's a fun I, Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My living room was like a costume shop growing That's up. Amazing. It was amazing. Uh, and uh, I went to an arts high school. And at the arts high school, we had a playwriting competition where they picked like the top eight plays. And they got produced in a festival called the New Playwrights Festival. And when I was a freshman, I submitted this play. And it wound up winning or not or getting into this I didn't you know it was eight place so there wasn't like one winner but it wound up getting into this festival congratulations <laughs> thank you 14 year old me was really happy 14 wow yeah I was so you've 14. been a playwright for 10 years <laughs> yeah it's going on 10 years um I think they've been good starting a couple years ago <laughs> but so uh 
So, and then through that festival, throughout all my time in high school, I had eight plays done there. So, wow. Um, so I was lucky in the sense that I got to like experience my own voice, and I think very early on, I was told that my voice mattered, and so, um weirdly the validation got me into you know when you're a young 14 year old who's insecure about everything who wore like vests and fedoras their freshman yes. year you know yes <laughs> yeah so many snaps for the fedora yeah exactly oh yeah so many uh and also so many like unsnaps <laughs> um, uh, so what was that play so it was called mother needs a heart and it was about two people in hell where uh the devil was a woman named mother who harvested organs so that she could continue to survive. Oh and, my. like, hell was giving up your organs. But, of course, you know, then the family drama became who's <laughs> – between my mom and my dad was like, Mother Needs a Heart is based off you. Mother Needs a Heart is based off you. Oh, that's not, extraordinary. I that's, think I, – oh, wow. yeah, it was amazing. Wow. And I think, honestly, I don't think it was based off either of them. <laughs> um I was really into No Exit and like Sartre. Oh. Or Sartre. Sartre. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to learn how to say that one of these days True. if we want to stay in the business. True. I, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will kick us out of New York City if we don't learn <laughs> that, how to pronounce that name. Yeah. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no, no. It won't really happen. Oh, so you good. you wrote Mother Needs a Heart when you were 14. Yeah. You are now 24. And I yeah. actually came upon you because of your play, Let's Have a Seance. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're here to talk about a little bit today. We're doing a very informal invitation-only reading on Monday, December 17th at 7 o'clock. And anyone who's listening to this is invited. <laughs> That's how exclusive it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'd love to see you. Yes. Uh, and, you know, full disclosure, I was like, I really want to hear this play out loud. I really like this play. I enjoyed reading the play. I think you really have some very interesting characters. I think you're saying some really interesting things about life um, and people and humanity in the play. Um, but I am struck in this moment as you're talking about your mother needs a heart play <laughs> and the hellscape and then let's have a seance and there's a little bit of spirituality in oh, that as well. Yeah. It's like, is this a regular theme in your work? Yeah, I think totally. Um, I don't know if I've written a play that doesn't have an element of like fanta the fantastic in it. Um, and I think, I don't know, I don't have a concrete answer or definitive reason why I think that is. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in putting things on stage that you couldn't witness in regular life. You know, like in the case of Let's Have a Seance, it's people in a room together trying to summon a spirit, and they're not people that would often wind up in a room together. And to me, something I was really passionate about in the making of the play was putting people that didn't fit into a room. And then um, I think this is in the case with the play. They ultimately don't fit. And that's not like a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. They don't fit. Um, but I was interested in what would happen to a play if I allowed them not to fit, you know. And that's why um, I would describe sections of it as being very jagged or or deliberately messy, like a controlled chaos sort of thing. That's something that I'm very interested in. And it, I think it's been evident in everything I've written. <laughs> So how long have you been working on it, on Let's Have a Seance? Um, I think since it was originally con conceived in March. I of this year? Of this year, Oh, yeah. okay. 
Yeah. We, we peel back the curtain here at Backstage at Brick, and I like to alert the audience, the listeners, to how long these things take and how long yeah. folks work on things. Yeah. So it started in – this play happened almost entirely by accident. Um, I love that. Which is fun. Yeah. yeah. I was working at my internship at a theater that I, I very much love and respect, and I – um, it's funny, it goes back to being a young writer. I think if I was any older, the play wouldn't have happened. Oh. Um, because so much of it is about not knowing. Yeah. And I feel like that came out of my anxieties of just not knowing where I'm heading. A lot of, we're like, you know, I feel like as a young artist, I'm like trying to to put the stones on the ground on the path I'm going to walk. And so not knowing exactly what the path is, I think is constantly a scary thing that um, people deal with all through their life. But I think mostly... I feel like you might experience it more highly concentrated when you're young. So I was uh, wrapping up this internship, and it was towards the end of the internship, and I knew I would be leaving, and I just didn't know what I was going to be doing. And so the office closed at 5, and I was finishing up, like, a play report. And I finished the play report, and then I opened up a new Word document, and I wrote um, one of the monologues that's in the play later. But it's it started with, like... Um, I'm a tiny, insignificant little scrap of a little nobody. Um, and then it just, like, goes on. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't that Ooh. dark of a time. It was just, like, a, I think I was having, like, an anxious moment. And then that was on a Friday. And then I spent – I didn't leave my apartment. And I spent the weekend writing the play. And then I – on, like, Saturday, I realized that I was writing specific people that I knew. And I called them. And I got them all to come to my apartment on Sunday. So I gave myself a deadline of Whoa. I have to finish this play in three days. And so I just cranked it out. And then we all had the reading and everybody was like, um, I like this. This is fun. I mean, obviously, it's an early draft. But of course, yes. I like this and it's fun. And some of those people are in the reading still. And oh, are like still wow. and have been working on this play with me since April. That's awesome. So, yeah. So it's been this fun, um, you know, because it's December now. So it hasn't really been, I think, in the grand scheme – terribly long no it really hasn't compared to some of the other yeah. playwrights and writers i talked to it's actually a relatively quick turnaround yeah 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 which has been fun and i don't think that would happen if it wasn't um it's sort of been and you've experienced this too in our conversations and stuff it's been the same people from the beginning with certain things changing here and there um and that's been fun so <laughs> so where where is it in its trajectory like do you feel like it's done is it very close to done I mean, how do you how do you know? Do you yeah, know? How do you, I I don't know. I think ultimately, um, I don't know. I'm I'm reluctant to use a word like done or resistant to saying something is finished because I I feel like I I don't ever want any of my stuff to be finished. You know, I would like for it to be able to constantly change, and especially with what with let's have a seance being so much about not knowing or uh, how to move forward when you don't have all of the answers. I feel like if I ever fully locked the play down, it would perhaps lose that cast pending. So uh, I, th I feel like it's close to performance ready. Oh, that's a good phrase. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Where, okay. uh, you know, the things that I'm looking at now and that I'll be looking at in this reading are instances uh, where uh, when we go into light staging, there are certain things that I might need to fine tune or, or tighten as far as like when they, um, this is a spoiler alert, but like when they use the Ouija board, um, what is the, like we haven't ever in a rehearsal been able to do the act of actually opening up and then 
playing with the Ouija board, so we don't know what that time looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, time can be really tricky because if there's too much silence in the play, it kills it. And if there's too much talking in the play, it also kills it. So it's like one of my favorite things to talk about with playwrights and like some of my dramaturgical work is the concept of time and the audience's relationship to the time on stage. Yeah. It's like I really nerd out on the relationship to time. Totally, totally. I mean, (laughs) I I think I've said this to you before, too, that uh, I'm really interested in the the unities, the integrated unities of time, place and action. And I usually try to adhere to two and break one. That's been something like recently, uh, just as a challenge to myself, I've been using to try to um, I guess challenge myself, like I just said. <laughs> yeah. Like but um, the relationship to time is is strange. And it is something that we are constantly working on with Let's Have a Seance because it's you follow their sessions for four months, essentially, because it, it's a, a group of people that meet once a week for four months. But the duration of the sessions that you get access to, sometimes it's fi- a five-minute scene, sometimes it's a ten-minute scene, and sometimes it's just like four lines of whatever that session was that day. Um and I don't have answers <laughs> or reason or logic for it other than it's like how I feel, how I feel it. I don't yeah. know. I think that's cool. I mean, you have been a playwright for over a decade. So <laughs> that's such a weird thing <laughs> to say. I am. A, um, if anybody is considering giving me a fellowship, I am emerging still. <laughs> listeners. Oh, no, I should. You're right. No, it's really true. It's really true. I take it all back. Uh, so which bring, brings me to my next, um, you know, sort of. I don't even know if it's a question or more of a like, let's talk about this together, Dylan, is that we, speaking of fellowships, we have talked a few times, you and I, about how you have recently been applying for things and you've been getting very close and yet you feel like perhaps you are like the bridesmaid and never the bride and like <laughs> yeah. runner up and yeah. getting really close and maybe and not getting anything. Yeah, so totally. How? Talk to me a little bit about that. Has Are you just now starting to apply for things or are you just now starting to get to like final rounds so like so maybe next both yeah time this was my win? first year actually doing the thing of I feel like I've been in the city for three years and so my first year was I think just fumbling around trying to figure out you know which way the one train went stops in Manhattan yeah. by the way <laughs> and underground yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, a lot and and sort of uh, finding a voice and then at the end of my first year, I applied to a bunch of fel- or not a bunch. I applied to like two or three fellowships. It was like, and um, I guess I sh- probably shouldn't name them for the <laughs> sake of sure. my future. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was a finalist for one, and it was for the sake of your future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, so I applied for one, and it was really exciting because it was the uh, the one that I I perceived as the hardest one to be a finalist for. And um, and it was a play with that I cared about uh, a lot that I was gearing up to do a production of in 2017. So I became a finalist for that while the show was beginning to happen. And in my interview, I had to talk about myself, and I just didn't know how to. D- I just straight up was like, um, I have let's have a seance. wasn't even a conception at the time. I was uh, in the early stages of drafting a play about werewolves, and. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know it's hard. It, the word werewolf. No, no, no. I'm play, whatever. It's, it's its own thing. No, but, I think um, it's great. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thank you. But I didn't know how to talk about it. And so I think that interview is just a lot of me being like, blah, 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 blah. Mm, um, yeah. And then this year I applied for more and I was a finalist for six fellowships. Congratulations. And thank you. Yeah, it was fun. Um, some of them were in directing too. And, uh, 
and you know it's hard because it's um it goes back to the young thing where it's Mm -hmm. like um i'm super young and uh i guess time is sometimes perceived like a wall where it's like so um somebody said this to me once uh will davis the director said this to me and it was uh, it's like something i think about probably way too much but sometimes you'll perceive a wall um and and it's because it's taking up your full field of vision but if you step back you can see that there's a way around the wall or there's a ladder somewhere on the wall and you can climb up and jump over that wall or um that that so much of being stopped in your own way is just a perception of where you're at and so i tell myself that every time i get a rejection letter you know um because rejection is tough you you know i feel like anybody that's saying it's not tough is like you're lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I'm here. I am saying congratulations that you were a finalist for all of these, and that is a huge accomplishment. But yes, the goal is to actually get them. Right. Yeah. But but still, you. like being I a finalist you. and so young, I, I feel like honored in that particular way. And um, kind of going back to other stuff too, like let's have a séance. Is where we all we're all on that ship together, like the cast and the director who's been working with me on it. Um, we're, like we're we've all been doing that together and we're all applying for things. So uh, whenever we're rejected, it's like, it, it's nice that it doesn't uh, hinder the project that we're working on, you know? Cause I think, uh, I think it's important to always be producing content and not letting things get in your way. And I feel like for me personally, 2018 was a lot of drafting plays and um, I'm also working on a solo show and like doing the early stages of that and all of that stuff. And then, hopefully 2019 will be the year of like okay let's do like yeah. you know and it kind of starts with this reading on the 17th is sort of like the first step of like okay and now we're like we lined up all of the dominoes and so we have to push them down and every time the line breaks we have to just stack some dominoes back up and keep going um yeah i really yeah. appreciate your metaphors yeah, <laughs> I, I feel know, like you've like, like brought them all in <laughs> <laughs> I think my brain just like works in like <laughs> if it's a metaphor everything's okay <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so how long you said earlier that you feel like your plays have been good for the past few years so yeah this, in general maybe this is something you can answer for yourself or just in general like how long do you think it takes for a playwright to feel like their work is good how many plays do you go through before you're like yeah this this one um or do you ever feel like I do? I do feel like my work is good, okay. and I think that it there's is. this thing. Thank you. But it, it's, it's refreshing. <laughs> I like it that you also know it's good. Like I think that's important. Well, but there's something that's been happening that I've like perceived in my peers and in uh, in a lot of people where it's sort of like we have this thing as artists where so many, so much of the time, we're not allowed to perceive our own work as good because it's um, not. It makes it means that you're not humble, and I feel like. Um, I feel like it's not humble to constantly be like, I'm bad. <laughs> right. You know, like, this the sucks. People who, like, people like me who just genuinely think your work is good and like it are like, oh, well, so then do I suck because I like your work no. and you think it's not good? <laughs> <laughs> no, exa- well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if, yeah. And it's also, you know, it doesn't help me to say this is bad. You true, know, like, there, I, I've never been in a situation where I've done something and said it was bad and, and come on the other side like, wow. I feel so much better now that I <laughs> know that it was bad, you know? Um, and I, I mean, there, I, there is one play that is buried so far underground in a, in a deep, my friends and I still make fun of it because it has some of the most like heinous lines I've ever written. But uh, <laughs> that is um, something I will want to read someday. Oh my God. No, it's called The Fields and it's about yes. a, 
it was like my I wrote it like I think my freshman year of college and it's about like a a family that loses a baby in, in a mysterious field. Ooh. But I think what I was trying to say was like a like cornfield, but it's never set as cornfield, so I think people just assume that it's like some just like spooky like fresh Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like it just doesn't work. It's just it's just horrible. Oh my goodness. Um and it's called like the fields, you know? <laughs> like yes. Um, like a horror comedy and or a horror play in one act. Um, <laughs> in a meadow. Yeah, but uh, as far as like when did I start perceiving my own work as good? Like this is a fairly new thing that I'm testing out of being like, no, it's good. <laughs> um, uh, the first year I was here, like I was saying, I was a lot of stumbling around, and I mean it's still. I don't know if stumbling ever stops, so yeah. I'm just like this is just how I walk. Um, and I uh, I was I was writing plays that were not for me. Um, uh, and I was writing the plays that I think uh, people wanted to see. You know, like, I don't write kitchen sink dramas. I, I love them. I think Long Day's Journey Into Night is one of my favorite plays of all time. And I, I know that's, like, now controversial, but... Um, Own it. But it's like, I love... Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But yeah. I, like, you know, I love me some good old Eugene O'Neill. Yes. Um, but I can't write... I can't write that. It's just not where I am at right now. Yeah. And so I, I forced myself, I think, into this box for a lot of the time of, like, okay, it has to be a family drama. It has to be this. It can mm-hmm. only have four characters, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Um, and then that was my first play that, like, went out on the, um, on the like, fellowship circuit, save for the play that I submitted to that one fellowship I was a finalist for the first time I applied. And then I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. This is the play that I largely regard as, like, a disaster. I mean, it, it's it, it's called Get Hit. It's about um, kids that get into car accidents for money. Um, it They bump into things, and the whole play is, like, very – it unravels as it goes until, like, at the end of the play, there's not much structure left. Um, That's exciting. Right. But I didn't think it would ever be perceived as exciting. I thought it would be perceived as, like – what the fuck (laughs) you Ah. know so I never so I like held it for a long Mm -hmm. time and then and then somebody was like no we like this and then I was like oh would people like this if if I was writing the things I wanted to write would people respond to them and it's funny because somebody that's doing the reading for let's have a seance on the 17th I didn't know her someone was like hey she would um this actress would really like your work I think um, you should reach out to her if you ever need her for a part. And I emailed her and she emailed me back and she's like, this is so weird, but I've read Let's Have a Seance when you submitted it to whatever X festival. And I like approved it for like the, like, and I was like, you're oh, the reason so I was cool. a finalist for one of the things. And now we're doing this. And that's it's, so it's cool. like serendipitous. And it's just like, you know, it's this constant thing of the more that I find that I'm making the things that I want to make the more people are like, yeah, well, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear, you know, uh, family, your family drama. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's so true. Your mock-up of Eugene O'Neill's Long Day's Journey into Night. Yeah. That's called The Fields. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) No, it's really, really wise. You're wise beyond your 24 years. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it really is. And I I think that other people, people, collaborators, producers, directors, whatever, that we can sniff that out when we feel like a voice perhaps isn't authentic and... And not that you it was was inauthentic before, but it sounds like you've moved into a place of true authenticity in writing what you want to write. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, th- it's that's still like, uh, you know, it's easy to say it on a on a podcast into a microphone, like 
yeah, and this is what I'm doing now, but it's still the constant, you know, battle of, of, am I doing this? Like I was saying before, I've, I've been working on this werewolf play as a, when I write, I tend to like, while I'm workshopping, let's have a seance. I try to write something completely new Hmm. so that as I edit, I think the logic behind it is that so that when I'm editing a play, I'm not trying to cram new ideas into a play. I can just have this other free floating thing that, that, that's brilliant into. writing advice, I have to say. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. <actually> brilliant. <laughs> so, so I have this free-floating play, and right now, I actually had a reading of it last night. Uh, it's like a private little thing in an apartment. Um, there's 42 characters. Um, yes. It's on a small island. Everybody speaks with like a thick Scottish brogue, and it's it as it stands, it doesn't make much sense, but it's one of my favorite things that I've made recently because it's like, okay, this is another step of like, you know, of like, oh, I'm sorry, does this theater only want four-person play as well? Go fuck yourself. It's 42-person play. <laughs> I don't, that sounds so precocious. <laughs> but, I, and I don't, I just mean it in jest of like, of You're like, like, please, all the theaters listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm hey, kidding. No, 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 give no, me no. the fellowship. <laughs> uh, I'm still a bridesmaid. <laughs> Always, forever. No. I just came back from a wedding too, so it's like, uh, the wedding metaphors are like, right with me. It's deep, it's deep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we are really, really excited to have you here on on Monday. It's really kind of our first foray into experimenting with, like, what does it mean when we invite a playwright in and do a yeah. reading and just listen to it? We, we don't have that sort of infrastructure in place where we've done that sort of thing. So it's a bit of a new thing for us, oh, too. Cool. Yeah. We're like our inaugural <laughs> playwright. I don't even Thank have a you. name for it. I'm just like, I don't know. We're just going to read a play. <laughs> I went to a reading series last night that, like, has a name and yeah. is official and, like, has marketing and yeah. and all of the things. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, but I feel <laughs> like I, those are amazing and, and necessary. And it's I think it's also necessary. That, like, I love the um, – I love the scrappy nature of what we're doing. No, but, I, and I say that, like, with, like, um, I don't know, I don't know if, like, even as I, <laughs> even as I grow up, I don't know if I'll ever shed this sort of, like, scrappy nature that I feel like I have. Like, you know, like, I'm wearing a wrinkled shirt right now because um, <laughs> I got up late for my other job and I, like, threw this shirt on and it's sort of, like. <laughs> nice. I'm, yeah, and I'm, like, that's, like, I, I'm trying to embrace that part of myself. Well, not not the late part, but I'm trying to embrace the, um, I'm really not getting a fellowship now. <laughs> it's like, you just People told like, Theodore to go fuck itself, and he's, and, wearing, he's, and he's late all the time. And he's writing about werewolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, like, all, it's all bad. Um, this has really been detrimental for my career. No, no one will ever hear it. <laughs> we'll just, we'll scrap the whole thing. <laughs> It'll hang out with your play, The Fields. We'll just put it in yeah. that same, same lockbox. Yeah. Eventually I'll be in that lockbox. <laughs> so no. Um, but I love, I mean, thank you for giving me the space to experiment with this play. And also for, like, um, going back to the young thing, it's, like, it is super important to feel supported by anybody who is farther along in the career than you. And, like, you've done that for me in a way that I didn't anticipate. You know, like, we started as friends on email, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. and you reached out to me when I submitted one of those plays to you that I didn't quite <laughs> like um, and you were like hey this play isn't for us but there, I think you're on to something let me know when you have a reading then I did uh, you know I did like a private reading of let's have a seance in April with like a very early draft probably too early for like human eyes to see and I uh, invited you 
and you couldn't come and then you were like can I read the play and you read the play and like literally the day after I sent the play you had read it <laughs> and you were like <laughs> and you were like hey can we have a meeting and like now it's turned into like <laughs> this yeah. which is like crazy <laughs> you know like that is crazy to me um and and hopefully as I get older it'll be less crazy but yeah you know there's something about uh I'm trying to, it's, like, hard to speak for myself and also try to, like, speak on behalf of, like, my friends and other people that are this age in the theater. But it's, like, I feel like the sentence that comes out of all of our mouths the most is, like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this is all nuts. And yeah. so, um, I don't know. That's something that I love the most about theater in general is that it just, like, it just hap- it happens, you know. Yeah. You can, you work you work hard you put in the, the effort you you if you're a writer you you write your things if you're a director you direct your things and like at some point there you know it takes a lot of faith back to let's have a seance of yeah. like these people just like oh i'm learning about the play right now <laughs> this is so useful <laughs> yeah this is super helpful um but it's a lot of just like putting in the the blind faith or the like semi-blind faith of like uh i guess semi-blind because it's like if you're if you're working on something and you're like i think this is good yeah. And then sort of I think faith becomes a little bit easier and to not have to stress about having faith mm. is good, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to hear it Me out too. loud, really. I've, I mean, I've only read it. Like you yeah. said, I didn't get to come to the reading in April. And yeah, and there's that whole scene at the end that is like, how does this sound? I'm so curious. Um, I know. I think I'm I need so to. Curious. I mean, maybe this is now just like a, a blatant plug to try to like get people that are listening to come. But uh, but like I think I I need to look at drafting that last scene on an Excel spreadsheet because there's so much overlapping and and talking Ooh, yeah. that I'm not sure the like formatting that I use for my plays typically is is helpful. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna. I've already done some of it, but I'm probably gonna try to get all of that out just to experiment with that in the workshop before the reading I think it's yeah that'll be fun yeah um all right well i know that you have yet another job to go to <laughs> the life of a playwright everybody yeah. five <laughs> jobs throw in a yep. podcast in the middle of the jobs hey, um fun. yeah <laughs> well um so the reading is on monday december 17th at yep. seven o'clock yep it is um an informal chance for me to hear it aloud and anyone else who wants to come hear it um, Elizabeth will be there, of course, and Adanya, who's also part of our programming team, will be there. Awesome. So there'll be at least three of us there. Yeah, hey. Um, pretty sure my whole Writers Guild is coming. Oh, so, re- yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> uh, so that'll also be, a lot of them are budding playwrights. Oh, and, like, I love it. Dipping their toes into playwriting, having come from like screenwriting and novel writing. Yeah, right no, now. I love it. And oh, so, my God, that's so fun. Yeah, they're really excited to come. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we we break for the holidays, and then we come back with a vengeance. Maybe not vengeance. I can't think of another word, but like with excitement, with with um, ebullience in January. Oh, that's a yeah. great word. Thank you. Uh, with Pancho Villa, which comes in straight away that first weekend of January. Right. It's actually called Pancho Villa from a safe distance. That's amazing. I'm so excited. It's an opera about the Mexican revolutionary. Ugh. I know. Oh, yes, we've had this conversation before because you're also from Texas. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm from Miami originally, but I live in Dallas. Dallas. Yes. And I feel like up here in the Northeast with my Northeastern friends that I say Pancho Villa and they don't have the same relationship to the figure. (laughs) I had no relationship. 
See? <laughs> yeah. Case in point, Elizabeth's from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I was joking with my colleague who's also from Texas, and I was like, I just don't understand. When we were kids, for better or for worse, we, like, pretended to be Pancho Villa when we were, like, playing, <laughs> like... <laughs> In the backyard. It's like, who's Huerta today and who's Pancho oh, Villa? My, can I, like, when it happens, can I just sit next to you? And <laughs> I know. I'm I just want like I know. <laughs> so I'll have to go twice because I'll have to, go, like, to go once to watch you. <laughs> come, come on opening night because, fun fact, his family is coming. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. There are some Pancho Villa family members coming to the show, and I might lose it. I'm so yeah. excited. Uh, and then immediately after that, we do this very, and we'll we'll be back on the podcast to talk about the ins and outs of it, but we are doing a very quick turnaround where we strike one and load another one in like two days and then open the next show, this Under the Radar Festival called Weightless, like two days later. So it's two two very intense weeks of two shows coming in back to back, and I'm so excited. Yeah. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's like oh, theater, my favorites. Um, so, uh, what's our? I feel like I've gone like way over on time. I've got to get Dylan out of here. But do I? Ha- do we have a final question of the day, Elizabeth? We do. Um, so <laughs> Eliza Bent, who was our last um, resident artist for our fall season, was here a week or two ago, and we were talking about like whether we are ready or not for the holiday season. Now that it's in, like, you know, we're in the full swing of things, um, I thought we could talk about, like, favorite either just traditions or New York traditions, because I completely forgot about it, but a tradition I hate specific to New York (laughs) that happened this past Saturday, because I had to go into the city for an appointment and forgot about SantaCon, which was this past Saturday, (laughs) which is a nightmare, and I was in, like, the Greenwich Village area, which I feel like is the worst area to be in for it yeah (laughs) so i thought you know that being one of my you know least favorite new york holidays i wanted to see if you guys had any like new york specific holiday traditions or favorite activities Mm. oh man um i i have two short ones (laughs) um one is my grandmother makes like the best christmas cookies and i have a recipe so i um, and I only have a recipe because she used to send me boxes of them all the time. And then she was like, I'm not, you can just make them. <laughs> I mean, no, she's amazing. I thought you were about to say that no, you like, oh my God, no, no, no. figured it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, so she gave me the recipe and now like I make them with my friends and she also still continues to oh, send the boxes. So um, nice. and then, uh, my, on my fire escape, when it snows heavily for the first time, we put out a bucket. And then we make ice cream with the snow that falls <gasps> into the bucket. bucket. That's <laughs> that very sweet. So cool. It's really cute. That is, <laughs> that is such a charming um, tradition. <laughs> you are, wow, you are without guile, Dylan. <laughs> that is so lovely. Uh, my, I do this every year, and I have done since I was a child. Is every year on Christmas Eve, I go to midnight mass. There's a church up the street from me. And uh, it's just a local neighborhood church. They happen to have one of the most extraordinary uh, tenors that I have ever heard in my entire life singing in their choir. It's just, I don't know who this person, he must travel the world. He (laughs) must. It is so unbelievable. Uh, It's not why we go. It just is the closest Catholic church to me. But it is a happy, happy, happy circumstance that it's just 
beautiful. And then I go home and I watched Twas the Night Before Christmas from Rankin and oh. Bass. That's great. The little animated, you know, m- mice mm-hmm. yeah. who like ruin Christmas by telling Santa that the whole town <laughs> thinks that he doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes. The good ones. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for asking the question, Elizabeth. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, Dylan, it was so wonderful having you here. Thank you for taking oh, the time super out of your fun day to be, to be here. It's been so lovely talking to you. I'm really excited about this play. I'm really excited about your career, and I'm really excited that I get to be part of it. Thank you. So we'll see you all on Monday, December 17th at 7 o'clock. This has been another episode of Backstage at Brick. I'm your host, BJ Evans. We're produced by Elizabeth Krasunas, and our, host, our guest today was Dylan Guerra. And we are recorded at the podcast studio at Brick House in Brooklyn. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. <laughs> Shamitan you